0: Hi, I'm Pastor Kenneth Lusaya of the Vivified Ministries, and it is my joy that your heart is awakened to the finished works of Christ with such powerful simplicity. Are you ready? All right, here we go. Glory, hallelujah! Praise the name of Jesus! All right, so... uh We're going right into the word, Today's teaching will be short, very succinct, but I really do hope it achieves all that it intends to do in your life. All right. And, you know, we started a teaching series called recalibration, recalibration. And to recalibrate simply means to set a thing back to its original pace or to its original alignment. So for example, some of you have this weighing scales in your houses, and you know, there's a pointer, especially the uh, the manual weighing scales, the one that has the spindle. By the time you step on it, you know, it moves to your weight. But you know, when you get up sometimes, there's some weighing scales that are below zero or after zero, whereas it should be on zero. And so what they will tell you Uh, The the technician will tell you, you need to recalibrate this scale. You need to reset this scale to zero. And there are a lot of excesses that we believers have gathered in our lives. And it's not because we expected these things to gather. Many times, it's simply just the conditions with which we are growing. This generation, we mentioned this last week, we, we face some of the most peculiar peculiar circumstances that no other generation has faced this generation alone has experienced the most uh the shortest attention span the highest highest rates of depression of social anxiety like no other generation has faced and 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 we can owe a lot of these things to Um, The great divide that technological advancements have created. If we're going to be honest, I'm telling you, our parents, just taking a look at our parents, you know there's a huge generational gap, except for those who are trying to catch up, right? And kudos to those parents who are doing that. You're doing a great job. It's a lot. It's a lot to bridge. It's a huge gap to bridge. But we're using this teaching to police everybody. We're using this teaching to say, hey, 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 guy, hey, 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 girl, hey, hey, friend. Look, I understand this is a weird generation. This is a generation that is crooked and perverse. You know, it's always been that way, but in new ways this time around. Let's call you back to order. Let's help you check everything that you do to be sure that, look, you're not just trying to follow some trend. To be sure that you're not just trying to follow the, the best new thing. But you're following scripture. That you're letting scriptures guide your every action, your every thought process. That's what this teaching is about. And I promise you, if you pay attention, if you stick till we're done. Oh my goodness. You, you're going to have such a beautiful renewal in your mind. That you start to see the effects once we're done. Praise the name of Jesus. So last week we talked about priority check. We ask the question, but what is important to you? What is priority to you? On your, on your scale of preference in everything that you do, what ranks high? And what ranks highest compared to other things? I'm that seeing God wants your priorities to be him. He always wants you to put him first before anyone else, before anything else. He wants you to place and rank spiritual things higher than anything else in your life. Still is his will. That's not going to change. But you see, there's also a very important thing that we all need to check in our lives. right? And and these are teachings that I have not done before. These these are brand new teachings, um, but they are very timely, I believe. This teaching this evening is called Motive Check. Motive check. Motive simply means it's like the short form of motivation, right? What drove a person or a thing to do a certain thing, right? What was the reason? It talks about purpose, it talks about the why. We see what, we see the what, but the question is, what was the why that led to the what? Do you understand? And that's what we're talking about this evening you know this topic or this this question of why is super important i'm going to give you a scenario imagine that you have a scenario of a of a, a lady right this lady has a gun and the headlines read lady local lady kills a man in oshodi lagos local lady kills a man or let me say shoot a man with a gun in Oshodi, Lagos you see that as the headline I, you know a lot of questions come up how did that happen how did that happen what caused this what what led to this who is this woman who is the person she killed what happened you know you start to think okay it's Osho D. this can be one agbeiro and he deserved it oh ah, maybe this woman too was the Akbaro. And one innocent bystander was a victim. You know, you start to ask questions. By the time you zoom in, and you realize that the story says this woman actually shoots this guy with a gun. You still have to ask why. Now, there are two sides. Would you, would you tell... Would, do you believe that the why is important here? I mean, I, I'm telling you, do you think that asking why she shot him is important? I believe that the motive behind shooting this man is super important. It's super important. You, you I mean, and, and the, re- the motivation behind it, if you can prove the motivation, it determines whether this woman is going to rot in jail for the rest of her life or she'll be vindicated without having to spend jail time. And what, what are the motives? If the motive was that the woman was trying to take revenge... Maybe this man was owing her money. This guy was playing and toying with her family and she couldn't take it anymore. She shot him. That motive of revenge, that motive of hatred and manslaughter is punishable by law. She should be in jail. But guess what? If she was on her own at night and this guy that she shot tried to approach her and tried to be violent with her and tried to rape her And she had a gun somehow and it was licensed and she wanted to protect us. Of course, our gun laws here in Nigeria are almost non-existent, right? But imagine she carries the gun and shoots him in self-defense because he's equally armed, trying to molest and rape her. Guess what? That's an act of self-defense. If they can prove that was the motive that this guy was was, was armed and tried to rape her. It changes the entire scenario. It changes the outcome, the consequences of that action. So guys, what I'm trying to say is, look, the motive behind anything makes all the difference. In fact, it makes more difference than the act itself. That's what I'm trying to submit to you this evening. I remember one of the earliest memories I had um, where I was very generous, you know, was in Jess as one. And that's like uh, grade, what's, what grade is that? Seventh grade, for those of uh, our international audience. Seventh grade. There was this girl I liked. Oh my goodness, I just liked her so very much. And I was always looking for an opportunity to get to talk to her. But I was shy, you know, I, I didn't know how to do that. And there was one day, she was hungry. Ah! She had not eaten. And back then, I used to receive how much? Hundred naira? To spend at the talk shop, uh, 100 naira, but I mean, 100 naira made sense back then, I promise you. And so, I let to just get her maybe 30 naira worth of donuts and a drink, right? And so, that's what I did. I, 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 I didn't even need to eat that day. I saw it as an opportunity, bought this thing for her, and I went to meet her. I just said, Oh, hi, hi there, um, how are you? Hello. I heard that you, you haven't eaten and, 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 and you're hungry. Um I, I just you know on my way from the talk shop <laughs> I pretended like I've been at the talk shop since you know and on my way I just decided to just buy it, you know. Now lie. I rushed downstairs, I ran. I chanced people on the line just to get that thing so that nobody has the chance to chance me. <laughs> so I went to meet her, gave her the donuts, gave her the drink. She was like oh my goodness oh my god wow how did you oh my god she started to thank god you know this is how god provides needs you know she was just like thank you so much like what can i do to thank you and i mean i still remember this i said oh no everything is fine maybe a hug will do <laughs> and i collected my hug yes uh-uh. after that stress i will not collect hug come on and i collected my hug uh you know uh, you know and all of that and that was the start of our friendship no jokes that's how we started but let me tell you the motivation behind my buying those things was not to satisfy our hunger primarily let's get it right and i'll be honest it was to have something with her it was to have a relationship with her to start something new come on that was the motivation and while on on the outside people who see that will say oh my god this guy is so selfless my we don't have this kind of men again in this generation where are they where are the men wake up see your mates you know people will look at that and say man this guy is doing the most but when i when you zoom in into my heart if the lord zooms in into your heart the question is what would he see what was the motivation? What was the reason behind what you did? And I tell you by fire, when we stand before this Holy God on the last day, what you did won't matter nearly as much as why you did what you did. I'm going to say that again. When you stand before this Holy God on the last day, before Him to be judged for all that you've done, what you do or what you did won't matter as much as why you did what you did mark my words mark my words and i'm going to prove it in case you don't believe me i'll prove it you know but but all, all of our scriptures eh, we see examples of the motivation behind certain things and and the kind of response to expect from the lord but i want us to just start here right this the scriptures are to correct us and to make sure that our hearts are aligned, to make sure that we are, um, we not just living our lives, you know, astray from what the Lord wants us to do. So let me just read the scripture. Let's open our Bibles, Colossians 3. Some of you are like, Bible study, we've not opened Bible, don't worry. Now we're opening Bible. Colossians chapter 3, um, from verse 23. We're going to read till verse 24. Please open your Bibles. Oh, thank you, Jesus. bene bratus. Oh, thank you, Lord. W- Our hey, guys. I be I be smooth guy now. I I did. <laughs> oh, some of you they feel me when I explained that uh, that uh, that example. Yes, now that's how you shoot your shots. That's the proper way. Just one could have only been inspiration of the Lord. Could not be anything else. <laughs> Alright, Colossians chapter 3 from verse 23. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Um, And it says, Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. I'm going to say this one more time and I want you to pay attention and whatsoever you do do it heartily as to the lord and on and not unto men verse 24 knowing that of the lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the lord jesus christ see let me tell you many of you will be so shocked when we get to the other side of eternity when we get to heaven you'll be so shocked the kinds of rewards a lot of people are going to bag and receive from the Lord Jesus Christ because of the kind of labor they did unto him. Let, let me tell you something. Do you know that even in your nine to five, in every work that you commit yourself to, in your corporate work or in your business that you started as an entrepreneur, In all these things, do you know that you can do them heartily as unto the Lord and receive a reward from him? He was talking in the context, he was talking about um, servants serving their masters. In In a more contemporary context, you can talk about an employee working for his employer. And I know that you might not have the best managers or supervisors or bosses, but when you put in the work... And your motivation is hey, hey I am doing this work not because of you not because of the money alone I'm doing this for the Lord I'm doing this to be a faithful representation of who a believer is I'm doing it to be the right imago day for my world the right image that the world will see and say no look, look you remind me of Jesus when you do everything committed into your hands eh, as unto the Lord, you are going to receive a huge, say huge, a huge reward from the Lord. And that's a fact. Yes, I understand the rewards for kingdom sacrifice. So, by all means, there yeah, are the rewards for saving souls, evangelizing this world, discipling nations. There are rewards, but let me tell you, the rewards also cover your labors that are done unto the Lord and not just unto men. He's literally telling the servants in this scripture, saying, Don't do eye service. Don't be efficient. Don't work hard only when your employer is there or when it's time for business review. Work hard because God is important to you. Because you first serve God before anyone, you first work for the almighty employer before any earthly one. That's the mindset God wants you to have. Yes, you are hard working, but why are you working hard? Is it just all about the money? Are you working hard just because you want a promotion? Or are you working hard because that's what God expects of you? And let me tell you, many times the world will not tell you thank you. When last did your manager tell you thank you? When last did your supervisor tell you thank you and celebrate you? Now you if you have a good one, God bless God bless, God has blessed you with someone that If you have a manager that appreciates you, that's great. But many times, men will not tell you thank you. Will you stop working then? Will you stop being excellent? Will you stop being consistent? Are you working for the approbation of men? Or for the approbation of God? For the commendation of God? Is that why you're working? Praise the name of Jesus. In everything, let us be your guide. Do it as unto the Lord and not unto men. Not unto men. Stop waiting for the applause of men. Stop waiting for a pat on your shoulder. Do it as unto the Lord. When you evangelize on the street and you preach to someone, don't wait for someone to say that was a good one. Don't wait. God sees it. Everything that you do right And you do it in the name of the Lord, there's a reward for it. Mark my words. There's a reward. God is honored when you do things unto His name. When you take, I'm trying to expand your mind to these things. When you take your junior brother, your junior sister, and you disciple them. Even when your parents don't care. Even when your parents don't see what you're doing. But you disciple them. You raise them in the, in the, in the faith. You help them see the Lord and know the Lord intimately. Great is your, your reward in heaven. Because you're doing it as unto the Lord. If that's your motivation, you're, great is your reward in heaven. And God is so kind that many times the rewards we have in heaven trickle down to the earth. Sometimes you have glimpses manifestations of this earthly rewards. you know how the bible says in matthew 6 that god who sees in secrets will reward in the open he has a way of doing that but i'm telling you even if you never have someone appreciate you with your gifts know that god is saying thank you know that god is pleased with you that should matter most and this is still in line with our priority check whose approval matters the most whose acceptance matters the most amen praise the name of jesus so let let your motivations be right is what i'm trying to say let it flow through this funnel is god being glorified am i doing it as unto the lord and am i doing it heartily there was an emphasis there do it heartily the word heartily means cheerfully do it as unto the lord and we're gonna we're gonna segment these actions that we could possibly do all the types of actions we could do, and we're just gonna see how how can you do these things with the right motivation in mind right we're gonna do that so just keep this scripture at, at the back of your mind you, you know the bible you know when it talks maybe i'll I'll get to this um shortly let me not uh, skip get ahead of myself but um when you talk of Uh, um, Some actions that you take um, The motivation behind them are super important And and I'm going to just streamline this to uh, a few points I'm going to talk about your your motivations in prosperity Your motivations in generosity Your motivations in diligence and hard work Which we've already started to talk about and, And your motivation in service and devotion to God Uh, I'm using this as touch points because I feel for us, these are things that are very practical. These are things that mean a lot. and, And because of how sensitive they are, you need to always have the right motivation, the right motive when taking this action. So I'm going to start from prosperity. First question I want to ask, do you believe that prosperity is a good thing? What I'm saying is, is it wrong to be rich and wealthy? Is it wrong for you to have billions of dollars? Someone shout, "Amen!" Oh, this is not an idle word, Amen. This is prophetic. If you can catch it, catch it. You know, is it wrong to have a billion dollars in your bank account? And by the way, a billion dollars will translate roughly to um, half in naira, half a trillion half a trillion naira more than half a trillion naira is that bad? is that bad to be wealthy? is it a terrible thing to be wealthy? now I come across a lot of people right? and we're going to look at this carefully I come across a lot of people who, who tell me I want to be rich I want to do well for myself ah prosperity is mine hey father i will be rich oh, who is bill gates who is bezos who are these people who is uh elon musk eh elon elon is going to must me i'm going to church uh-uh. i must be rich now you know this god <laughs> you know all sorts of things and i hear people just talk about wanting to be rich wanting to make something of themselves make money make money be big blow explode you want to do osama bin Laden size of explosion you want to blow you want to you want to nine eleven? Pardon, pardon the joke. The question is the real question to ask. Eh, is not if you want to be rich. The question is why do you want to be rich? Why? And for you, if you're listening to this, and and this is you. You want to be wealthy. And maybe you you just want to be stable. You want to earn some good cash. You want to be able to buy some good cars and, and buy some good houses and travel the world. I think a lot of people would love to be able to travel the world at will. The question is why? Why do you want to be rich? Why do you want to be rich? See, let me tell you. There's a lot of politics that happens in the church today. A lot of people are sized up, valued, based on their possessions. I remember visiting a church one time for a special program. Uh, I hardly attend those special programs, but I had to because uh, a friend of mine really wanted me there. And I went and, you know, I had, um, this one was one that really hit home to me. I think I was, um, walking into the car park and it's well, I think there were just a few spaces left and there was one guy, I was just waiting at the gate for my friend and I saw one car, you know, it wasn't the best, it was a a very very old Toyota kind of car and the guy drove in, was about to drive in and the scary people stopped him and said no, 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 please, turn away and he was begging them but there's still space inside, They they said no no, 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 go back go back, you know, and right behind him was a mercedes-benz and this was not i later found out that this was not a this was a, a visiting member you know coming for the program this person was not even a member rather it was just a visitor not a pastor nothing but he was in a benz and if you see how the security men welcomed this guy ah ah bro safana well done ah no 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 no, open the gate open the gate please call me in their space no jokes and i was looking i'm like why won't there be competition in the church? Why won't there be division? When you start to rate people based on their wealth and their possessions, you're causing a problem. It's unhealthy. The, the model of the early church was that the Bible says in Acts chapter 2 they had all things equal, they had all things equal, all the members of the church now that doesn't mean that there were not people earning more or having more money if you look historically you see Barnabas was a very wealthy man in fact it was his land that the early christians stayed in you know in his land his property but they made every effort to make sure there was no division based on social status my question is why do you want to be rich do you want to show off do you want to be able to have a conversation you know how it is now when you if you know you know all right those of you that were in secondary school a high school or even primary school you come back from holiday and you know you went to the village you only went to the village to see grandma but you say ah this holiday i went to dubai i went to germany after germany we said let's just branch in france for lunch then we went to italy for dinner and then we came back to nigeria but we forgot something so we went back to germany again i started the whole process went to disneyland and your friends are like, eh? uh-uh, you're a big girl wow you know be like, yes now, yes yes you know just uh normal holiday stuff you know you were lying you went to village you know <laughs> the question is why why did you say that because many of us have that tendency to want to impress have you ever been in a conversation with people that you're like, you want to have something to say, to just show them that you too, you understand what it's like to be a big boy, what it's like to be a big girl. You have the, the newest iPhone you want to share. You know, you know all those conversations. You're just talking uh, they're talking about the latest phone, you know, and all of that. And you, you have a good phone. You know, it's a very good one, one of the latest ones. You, you just somehow find an excuse to bring it out. just, ah, what's the time, self? You just bring out your iPhone 13 Pro Max what's the time okay 3 p.m oh nice but you have shots in your phone you have wristwatch, but you brought out the phone <laughs> you know these are the things that we need to be careful of you know the bible tells us in Luke that that the a man's life does not consist in the abundance of the possessions that he has a woman's life does not consist of the abundance of the possessions they have, it's important to know that your the sum value of your life is not in what you have. So, in your pursuit, I know you want to be rich, I know you want to do well, but ask yourself, Why do I really want to be rich? Are your priorities in place? Are you doing, are you trying to be rich so that you can advance the gospel, sponsor this gospel in a world that is sponsoring the falsehood? A world that is that is sponsoring their own agenda, do you want to counteract that with your finances? That the kingdom of God will fill your impact, with the, the impact of your wealth. Is that why you want to be wealthy? Are you thinking of the people that are less privileged on the road? Or are you going to be like those people that you've been talking against before? People that don't care. Will you be like those people when you get wealth and, and just focus on you yourself and your properties and your families? Why do you want to be rich? Why do you want to be rich? We have a lot of rich people that God frowns on. In fact, the Bible, the very fact that this parable exists is a testament that you can be rich and God can can disapprove of you there's a parable of the, the rich fool i don't know if you heard about it the guy who reaped a huge harvest all oh, by the mercy of god he was rich and that's the truth there are a lot of people that you know you look at their lives and you're like this person does not deserve to be rich but they are rich and there's nothing you can do about it it's still the grace of the lord god is so kind that he causes his son to shine on the just and the unjust he is so good that way there are principles that if you should do this and do that many times you'll see results and, and, you know, regardless of that, there is a, there is a parable called the ritual. This guy had built, you know, wealth, amassed wealth. The barns were full of harvest. He started to stock another barn. He, he started to grow his assets. It was not flowing. The, the, the wealth was not flowing. It was not a channel. He was just hoarding and hoarding. And God disapproved. He said, this night, your, your life will be required of you. Why do you want to be prosperous? Why do you want to be rich? Praise the name of Jesus. 1 Timothy 6 says something very important. And I'm doing this not to to make you shy away from wealth, but to question yourself when you say you want to be rich. To question yourself when you want to be one of the big boys. To question yourself when you want to be in a conversation with people and also show off what you have. 1 Timothy 6 from verse 9 to 10 Says, but they that will be rich, another version says, but they that desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare. Some of you have never seen this before. Those of you that desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. Can you think of someone else in the Bible, other people who were so wealthy? And because of the wealth, they they lost their soul. They lost their way. Yes, I'm sure you can think of some. Verse 10 says, For the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money itself. Money is neutral. It's a neutral agent. But the love of money, the obsessive desire for money, is the root of all evil, which while some converted after, they have erred from the faith, and they have pierced themselves through with many sorrows this is scriptures this is scriptures telling you that look (laughs) the love of money is the root of all evil and 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 practically so we've you've watched hollywood movies you've watched nollywood films you've seen how money and 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 this and an obsessive desire for it has led many people the wrong path if you if you are chasing money if you're a paper chaser guess what's going to happen? You're going to take on the wrong jobs. You're going to follow the wrong processes sometimes. If that's always your priority, you always want more money every time. You want more money. You always want it immediately. You want to get rich quick. See, those things will lead you to many things. And and that's why during that period of MMM, right, when that MMM Ponzi scheme was happening, a lot of people keyed into it so well. They, they didn't need to do much. The prospect was just... It just made a lot of sense. You mean I can just put this amount and get this amount? I want to be rich quick. And, and these things don't give you the privilege of hard work. They don't give you the privilege to exploit values like hard work and consistency and excellence and patience. Guys, be careful. Be weary of greed. Beware of lust and, 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 and covetousness. Be careful. I know you want to be rich, but ask yourself, why do I want to be rich? The second thing I want to talk about is generosity. We talked about prosperity. Now we're talking about generosity. Um, is, it, is giving to people a good thing? Right. That's a good question to ask. Is giving to people or giving to causes, is it a good thing? The, the answer I'll give to that is it can be. It all depends on your motive <laughs> it all depends on your motive and i clearly gave you uh i clearly gave you an example right i clearly gave you the example with my crush just as one um how that you know i really wasn't trying to satisfy her hunger i wanted her to notice me i wanted her, my generosity to Transcend to a generosity of her love and affection. Say hey, glory to God. Hallelujah, people. Uh, <laughs> that's what I wanted. I wanted the generosity of our affection. Yes, notice me. I'm here for you, baby. You know, that's the idea. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry I'm saying all of this. But that was my motivation for being generous. There, there are certain times that I know I've searched my heart and I've tried to be generous just so that people notice me. Just so people notice that, uh uh-uh, this guy, share, This guy, they give, share. You know, thank God those days are far behind me. But there was a time that that's what I did. And I'm being honest, right? So, look, some people give. And, and that's the question. If you're going to do anything called, you know, philanthropy or generosity, ask yourself why. Why am I doing this? And this one is super important. Are you doing it to show off? Is that your motivation? Are you doing it so that when they say, Ah, oh, we're raising money for a church project? We want people to give if you want to give 20 million, million, twenty million, let's see you. And you know your account will break small. It not even breaks more, it's going to be red and crimson red, scarlet red. If you if you try that thing, but sha you want people to know you're a big boy. You just stand up majestically. Twenty million, you just say, Yes, uh, yes, that's me. Uh I like to give twenty million. Yeah come to the front, you know, you just walk, my just slow motion, just walking, 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 ah, they'll feel you, they'll see, ah, those shoes, maybe those the shoes you're wearing is 10,000 naira, but because you want to give 20 million, their mind, ah, shoe, cannot be less than 500k, you know, that their perception of you starts to change, is that why you're giving, to show off, are you giving to receive a double fold, you know, a lot of people, try to use god as this investment bank you want divine arrow eye from god god if i sow this seed ah, father i will reap a hundredfold god you see my heart god you see i hold you by your word you know many people i'm so manipulative that that's a disgusting attitude god you said if i do this i hold you by your word i hold you no strangle him hold him put man we're not serious eh? You say, God, you would do this thing. You said it, you know, and and you start to to feel entitled that if you sow this, you're you're sowing because you only want to get more. And that's a wrong mentality. Yes, if you give, there are rewards. And and the rewards are not just um, translated in more money or more resources, but it translates in the abundance for other people that are the receiving end of your generosity, the beneficiaries of your generosity. That's a good way to reap. Many people don't realize, that. I wish we had a, a, enough time to look over 2 Corinthians um, 8 and 9 to talk about these things. But see, if you are trying to use God as a divine cosmic ATM, then you put your ATM card, you see, you have missed the whole point. God has, be, has become, you know, he's, he's left the space of being your Lord and he's become, you know, your sponsor, if I may use that term. You know, someone who just, um, who has to compensate you because you give. He has to. No, don't do that. Don't be manipulative with God. Don't do that. That's that's the time when, you know, back in school, I remember that um, a lot of people, when they started to give very bountiful offerings in the chapel, it was usually around, you know, exam period, you know, and and, and they're giving because they know that oh, God will satis- satisfy and settle my academics, you know it's wrong it's wrong and, and maybe you're trying to do this to get god's attention that god with this gift i'm giving ah you must notice me oh god you know and like the case of cornelius you, you use the example you say cornelius he gave alms to the poor and you sent an angel to him god remember me and many people don't realize that cornelius in in acts chapter 10 i believe he didn't do those things just because he wanted god to to, to send an angel or get God's attention. He actually was doing it genuinely from his heart to help people. Like there are people that need help. People need my help and I will give them help. And God was pleased because it came with the right motivation. The right motivation. So do you see what I'm talking about? Everything you do needs to flow through the right motivation. It to be pleasing to God, and I'll give you a very simple scripture that talks about this in First Corinthians chapter 13 from verse 1. Can we just open there quickly? I hope you're not bored, I hope you're not tired. I want you to quickly check this out with me, First Corinthians chapter 13. Oh, glory to God! Glory to God! Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) All right, look at this. This one will blow your minds, and you know the scripture, I'm sure. Verse 1. First Corinthians thirteen one, though I speak with the tongues of men, and of angels, and have not charity, charity is not the lady who is the secretary to the MD of one bank. It's it means love. It's the KJV version of the word love. That was that sounded so specific. That definition of charity. Uh, but you get the point. It's love. It says though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and I don't have love, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. That's what I am. I'm just making noise. That's what this means. I'm just making noise with no impact. Verse 2, And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and I don't have love. So you see the first part, saying, see, even if you can be so solid and proficient in utterance gifts that you can speak the tongues of angels, but you don't have you don't have um, love. You're just making noise. If you have powerful gifts, gift of prophecy, you understand mysteries. You have revelation. You have all knowledge. You have all faith. Like you are excellent in the charismatic, but you don't have charity. And there are a lot of people who actually use the gifts of God to show off to prove a point to show that look see socially, socially you cannot write them off you you belong you are the guy you are a big boy in, in the faith you know how people talk you know when i had a conversation with someone one time years back you know and, and the person was talking about he said kenneth how many gifts can you speak i i can't forget this conversation because i was so intimidated how many gifts of the spirit can you can you walk in you know, I was like, ah, for now, I think it's just tongues. I think it's just tongues. And sometimes I'm not so sure whether it's, it's right tongues. And this was still very early on in my Christian days. I said, ah, okay, okay, there's, you know, you can come up higher. You know, me, I I mean, I'm already doing nine gifts, all the nine gifts. You get there, you get there, you know. You know, I mean, I know not everybody can be like me, but, you know, I just desire these gifts. Just desire these gifts, so you get there. Ah. And that was the wrong motivation to want to get the gifts. Do you understand? It almost seemed like it was a competition. Can I have as many gifts as this person? Thank God for better knowledge now that we know as long as we have the decoder, we have access to the channels. Aye, glory to God. As long as we have the spirit of God, we have access to all the gifts as the need arises. And so it's saying that if you do all these things, but your motivation for expressing the gifts of the spirit and walking them in them is not love. He says i am nothing that's what paul is saying here he said i, I am nothing like don't think that god is impressed with that it, it disgusts him i want you to see from that perspective if love is not the motivation with which you walk walk in the miraculous it disgusts god it means nothing to him and look at this one this one will blow your mind verse uh, verse three and though i bestow all my goods ah this is generosity now and though i bestow all my goods to feed the poor and though i give my body to be burned, and you ask pastor ken how is it possible to give all your goods even sacrifice your life to be burned and not have charity it's the exact same thing i'm telling you people do a lot of things with the wrong motivation it's always the motivation are you doing this to show off is it for some sort of status what are you trying to prove if it's void of love, if it's void of charity, it profits nothing. It profits nothing. It, it, it's like you never even did anything in the first place. So this is far more important. It's not, not not just what you do, but why you did what you did. That's even more important. Praise the name of Jesus. So we've talked on prosperity. We've talked on generosity. Um, on hard work, you know, we, we've already talked about this. Uh, majorly, but I just want to emphasize this, guys. When it comes to hard work and diligence and things that are committed into your care, mm, it might be a menial task. It might be a secular, secular job. You know, whatever it is, I can tell you that whatever secular work you're involved in can become triangular if it's your motivation. If your motivation is love for the Lord, it can become triangular. And by triangular, I simply mean... Um, trinity right i'm talking about father son spirit but you get the idea and i'm not talking don't worry if you get if you get it you get it if you don't know what i'm talking about you know forget about it Um, but yes you can translate secular jobs secular tasks activities that you do into meaningful spiritual things things that show spiritual devotion to the lord i'm telling you I'm telling you, if it is spending time with your family, quality time, if you do it as unto the Lord because this pleases God, because God is is pleased when you spend time with your family, when you invest time in them, and you do it out of love, you show love to your family members, you honor them, you love them, it translates into spiritual devotion. I'm telling you, this cuts across a lot of things. A lot of people don't realize that God cares about the little things you do, the things that are committed into your hands. I'm telling you, if it's, if it's just doing house chores, listen to me, believers. <laughs> listen to me, friends. If it's just your house chores, eh, and you do them well, you don't complain. You wash the plates, and you wash them heartily. You wash them cheerfully. I know it's tiring. I know washing the clothes is tiring. I know sweeping the floors is, is, is stressful. But if you do these things as unto the Lord, I tell you, God recognizes it. When you do it out of a heart of love, that you're doing it so that mommy doesn't have to stress herself. Daddy doesn't have to stress himself. I want to ease the burden of the family. I want to help someone some way, somehow. I'm telling you, God notices these things easily. He recognizes every action born out of love. So if, if there's anything you can take from this teaching is that, see, let the motivational funnel of your life pass through love. At the tail end of the funnel, let there be love. Let it pass through the filter of love. If it's not done out of love, you better not even do it in the first place. Don't do it. Do you understand? I'm not saying that you always want to wash plates or always want to wash clothes. The very fact that you are going the extra mile, doing it sacrificially because you love, you care about those around you. Even if it is your own house, you're going the extra mile to do those things. You're doing it as unto the Lord. He's pleased with that. the right motivation and lastly i'm going to say this um as regards service and devotion as regards your service and devotion to the lord your motivation also matters and i want us to turn to james chapter 4 from verse 3 quickly james chapter 4 from verse 3 this is a scripture you might be familiar with but i want you to see something very important I really hope at this point that the, the Lord is really convicting many of us of some wrong things that we've been involved in as regards our motivation in doing different things. God wants you to realign your motivations. He wants them to be motivations of love, motivations of unconditional love, charity, you know. In everything, and I know, you know, we we couldn't cut across as many um, categories as possible. in everything that you do, Whatever you're involved in, always think, why am I doing this thing? Am I doing it to show off? Am I doing it to get the praises of men? Is God pleased with me right now? Is he looking at me saying, well done, my son. Well done, my daughter. Is he doing that? If not, then I'd rather you not do it because it's a profit to you nothing. It's a profit to you nothing. All right, service and devotion. James chapter 4 from verse 3. Let's look at this it says you ask and receive not because you ask amiss so he's talking about when you pray you ask but you don't receive anything because why because you ask amiss and how are you asking amiss thank god he explains further james tells us you are asking so that you may consume it upon your loss ah i hope you saw that one coming it's saying you're not receiving from the lord because you're only asking the lord to do certain things for you to consume it upon your own personal desires and covetousness and lusts so he's saying many of you maybe you're the reason you're asking for this and asking for that is because you just want to be tagged the wealthiest person in the whole village or the whole city or the, you know you're just doing it for vain reasons and they saying you're not going to receive from the Lord you're not it's going to profit you nothing a lot of people are doing certain things in their devotion to the Lord expecting to God to be pleased but when you don't do it with the right motivation when you're doing it to just satisfy some ungodly cravings it's not going to work God is not going to heed those requests it's not going to do that right and so when you pray and you ask god for certain things and and they're in line with his will that's when he responds when he sees your heart that you're really doing this for his name's sake when you're really doing this for the advancement of his kingdom you're praying this because you know it's going to be beneficial to your brothers and sisters in christ is going to be beneficial to your own family these are things that pleases him when your prayers are born out of selflessness that's the key word when it's born out of selflessness god honors it praise the name of jesus you know this trickles down to even things like evangelism i've heard people say that they want to evangelize the world they want to um, preach the gospel to to people Um, i remember my dad shared the story when he was um, younger in the university and he wanted to preach the gospel to some people he didn't read for his exams you know those testimonies you know i didn't read for my exam i just want to praise the name of the lord I didn't read for my exams, but I, I did kingdom service. I decided to, to forsake my books. I decided to preach the gospel from dome to dome, from room to room. Ah, and see what the Lord has done. See my A1. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. See, so yeah, um, that's similar to what I talked about as regards generosity. Some of you try to sow so that you know you strong arm God to helping you reap a hundredfold to to giving you something in, in return it's like a uh, quid pro quo you're trying to say God I'm doing this so you do this I'm evangelizing so give me my a1 see it doesn't work it, it doesn't work right but that told me that story and he said see eh, hmm, my people I still read though <laughs> don't 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 be deceived be not deceived I I still read. You know um but you know be no better right don't in your your devotion even if it has to do with your service units in your churches or it has to do with your service to the lord don't don't start to put conditions god i'm doing this so that you will do no that's not how to walk with the lord let your heart be lord i'm doing this because i love you it can be that simple i'm doing this because i love your people i love your church i'm doing this because lord this is my heart's desire. This is where my heart is. I'm doing it because I love you and because you first loved me. That's enough. That's enough. I mean, ev- how would you evangelize so that God would bless your bank account or you're evangelizing because God will settle you academically? No. You evangelize because you're doing it because you love people. You're evangelizing because you love humans. There are people who are equally undeserving of love like you were, and God can reach out to them because of you. When you have that mentality, it changes everything. It changes the game. This is the mentality that God wants all of us to carry. It's a love game. Amen. It's a game of love. That's what it is. It's a life of love. Nothing else. A life of selflessness. Nothing else. That my actions will reflect sacrificial love. It will represent and reflect sacrifice. That my actions will show that unconditional love the kind that God showed to us praise the name of Jesus in everything that you do do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men can we just turn this to prayer right now and just tell God from the bottom of your heart and I like to lead these prayers because when we have this kind of teaching we all need to repent from them we all need one way or the other we, we have a tendency to get the motives right uh to get the motives wrong i beg, beg your pardon so let's just ask the lord, lord i'm sorry for the times that I, I have tried to strong arm you i'm sorry for the times where i took certain decisions not because i wanted to benefit someone primarily or help someone but because i wanted to just have some sort of status to have people look at my direction and commend me i'm sorry for the times i didn't do these things as unto you I'm sorry when I didn't factor you into my activities and my decisions and my actions. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. And I want to do better. You know, the word of God leads us to godly sorrow. Godly sorrow. That, you know, and, and godly sorrow leads to repentance. So I want you to pray right now. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the times I didn't do things with the right motivation. Maybe some of you, you started some ministerial arm. You started to do something as regards ministry because everyone else was doing it. You're doing ministry because everyone else was doing something and you didn't want to feel left out. Lord, I'm sorry for doing ministry that way. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for making decisions in ministry because so other people were making those decisions and not because I was led by you. Lord, I am sorry. Lord, I am sorry. Lord, I am sorry for the times I made decisions, just so I don't feel out of place with people. Lord, so that I, I can have some sort of societal standing with people. Lord, I am sorry. Lord, I am sorry. Come on, tell the Lord. Tell the Lord that you, you, you know better now. And you will do better. Thank you, Jesus. We are sorry, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Now, I want you to just pray this one simple prayer. Father in heaven, I pray, let my motivations be born out of your love. Let every action and decision I make be born out of a sincere love for you and your people, a sincere love for humanity, a genuine love for you and your people. Come on, pray right now. Father, help me give me the grace, oh Lord, to be consistent in my motivations. Help me to be consistent in my motivation. Oh Lord, help me to love. Help me to love. Help me to do things out of love and not nothing else. Not for for self-gratification. Not for self-approbation. No, none of those, Lord. I want to do things out of your love. I want to do things as unto you and not unto men. Henceforth, that's the order of my life. I'm not doing it to get the praises of men, I'm doing it to get the approbation of God, oh Lord, your yes counts more than anyone else's, your celebration counts more than anyone else's, your accolades counts way more than anyone else's, Lord, I live my life aligned to this, for the rest of my days, my motivations are in check, my motivations are in check, my motivations are recalibrated, ah, glory to God, recalibrated, recalibrated, oh lord in, in recalibrated in love recalibrated in love come on people of god are you praying there's a grace god will give you as you pray this to help you keep your motivations in check to be more when your motivations are becoming out of place oh thank you lord he's giving the grace he's given the grace to as many as are humble to live that kind of life he gives grace to the humble oh thank you Jesus there is grace grace to be consistent in motivation in the right motivation there is grace to be consistent in the right motivation thank you lord thank you lord oh and because of this you you would have your your profiting will appear it will profit you much it will profit you much when you give yourself to the right motivations oh thank you lord hallelujah in jesus mighty name we have prayed and so, Father in heaven, I thank you for these ones. Thank you for my brothers and my sisters that have listened to this charge. I have been touched by your word, and I know that they have too. I pray, Lord, that you will help us for the rest of our days, not just for the rest of this year or the next year, but every year of our lives, that we, our lives really take this turn, this recalibration, that every motivation behind what we do, comes from the right place. That every action, every decision is born out of love for you and for your people. For humanity. Genuine love. Sincere love. A world where we don't have to strong arm you. Where we don't have to hold you down and, and manipulate you and tell you to do things because we did them. No, no, no. We, we, we trust you to honor your word We trust you to be faithful, that even when we do good things, you are a rewarder of those who do your will. You are the one who rewards those who do things in the secret. Thank you, Father. Help us not to lose sight of heaven. Help us not to lose sight of the things that are above. Help us not to lose sight that there are indeed rewards reserved in heaven for us. And help us, Lord, not to lose sight of what is most important. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you. Henceforth, it's a life of love. Henceforth, it's a life of servitude to you first before anyone else. That's the order of our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen, amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Give Jesus a shout. I am super confident that this has been a blessing to you. Keep praying with it. And let these words drive you to action to live in the fullness of the will of God for your life. Stick around for more. God bless you. I love you.